0: Hey, welcome back. It's the Cancel Proof Podcast. My name is Jason Rink. And Paul Esquinone here, too. Hey, and we have a special uh, episode today. Uh, Just some breaking news. We wanted to jump on this, and we wanted to also throw some additional context to this, uh, given our uh, proximity to the events of Jan 6, the projects we're working on. So let me just go ahead and bring this up real quick. Uh, Breaking news. Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes has been charged with seditious conspiracy in the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, some of you may be aware that Stuart Rhodes, the founder of Oath Keepers, has been a bit of a uh, subject of interest in everything that's gone on since January 6th. And I, I want to give a lot of credit to this To him being uh, made a subject of interest, uh, really to Darren Beatty at um, Revolver.News. When you go back in time here to about mid 2021, June 30th, it looks like, uh, when this actually happened, um, Darren Beatty at Revolver.News broke the story where he put forward the theory that Stuart Rhodes uh, was potentially a protected federal asset uh an informant of some sort working for the government some some aspect or some some way because up until that point though many people in the Oath Keepers had been arrested and charged for different crimes on January 6th Stuart Rhodes was still not in custody and um you know, he was not mentioned in any of the charging documents with the Oath Keepers who were arrested. And so Darren Beatty put together a theory where he identified a specific person who was an unnamed co-conspirator in the charging documents with some of the other Oath Keepers and put the pieces together saying that he believes that that individual was Stuart Rhodes. That was this unnamed, unindicted co-conspirator. And I just want to add to
1: that. Um, you said he wasn't named in the charging documents. He wasn't named by name. Mr. Rhodes or Stuart Rhodes wasn't in there, but this person was all over them. And that's what Darren Beatty had said. We think this person, individual one, or what, I can't remember exactly what they called him. We think this person is Stuart Rhodes. And if you make that link, he is all over the documents.
0: Yes, exactly. So it was sort of like, it was sort of like uh, Mad Libs, right? This There was this one individual one or whatever it was, and it was like, if you would substitute Stuart Rhodes in for that, that name, a lot of things made sense. And and some of this was because much of the government's case that was put together around the Oath Keepers who were charged had to do with getting access to uh, these particular um, private messages uh, from, I believe it was Signal or Telegram. I'm well, not. It was
1: Signal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, um, this has been a story that's, you know, been around f- for a number of months. And, you know, it was such a, a big story when it happened that um, Tucker Carlson did some coverage about it, brought a lot of attention to it. Then Tucker received a lot of pushback around that from, you know, the CNNs of the world. Don Lemon and Brian Stelter did like a, a special report on it that said, hey, you know, just because He's not arrested or uh, he's not named doesn't mean the government's done building their case yet. This is possibly what's happening. Right. And so there's been some some discussion about this. And so and
1: I just want to add, I mean, what's while that is true, what they were saying, what the government's position in a lot of these situations was arrest now, let them languish figure out the case later. So that was the weird part of it was there were all these other people who were still months and months and sometimes a y- over a year or more away from trial but you have the we can call him the kingpin of the operation the head of oath keepers himself and he's just allowed to go free. So yeah. so yeah. the criticism was wow. if they are building their case against him why are all these other people languishing in conditions that some have called torture when it when, you know, the government's happy to let other people just be free because they're not worried about them committing any other acts of violence. So that was sort of the point there, which I think was a good one.
0: Yeah. And so what what's happened today is and and we want to get some clarity on this. OK, uh, the this this filing has come out. There's Elmer Stewart Rhodes, the third listed along with a number of other people as defendants and this count number one is the seditious conspiracy count. Now, when we look this up and say, what is the definition of this? We see a lot of uh,
1: B&H lighting equipment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because they are <laughs> good at their marketing to me. Um, but at the U.S. Code, seditious conspiracy. If two or more persons in any state or territory or in any place subject to the jurisdiction of the United States conspire to overthrow, put down or destroy by force the government of the United States or to levy war against them or to oppose by force the authority thereof, or by force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States, or by force to seize, take, or possess any property of the United States contrary to the authority thereof, they shall be fined under this title or in prison not more than 20 years or both. So seditious conspiracy. Now this is, just to be clear, this isn't insurrection. Insurrection hasn't been charged. Seditious conspiracy has. So, I, uh, you know, I've seen some chatter out there on the Internet that it's like, well, here's your insurrection. It's like, well, no, we've got seditious conspiracy. Uh, That's the charge, the top charge. And then the other thing we'll notice is that you start going down from there. And what do we what do we find? Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an official proceeding. Right. So, you know, we go to the next level of felonies that people like Jacob Chansley have have pleaded guilty and are serving a sentence for the So seditious conspiracy, it's, it's, it's unique because it's the first time this has actually been a charge as a result of Jan six. Um, so what I, I wanted to do though, is I wanted to give a little bit of a personal context to this story because I have actually personally known Stuart Rhodes for over a decade. And in fact, uh, the first, film that i ever made the first documentary film which was released in 2011 i believe so you know over 10 years old uh i want to i want to show you this this quick clip here
2: ninth and tenth amendment together give us a good guide to constitutional interpretation ninth amendment says that you know just because a right is listed in the bill of rights does not mean we don't also have other rights Yeah, I want to make make clear that this is not some kind of a a grant of rights. And the Bill of Rights just protects rights that already existed. But they thought that was the the most important because in their recent experience under the abuse of.
0: So just just a quick clip. Stewart's there talking about the Ninth and Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. I interviewed him in that scene right there uh, many years ago. Um, Stewart was a part of a of a national tour. Um, you know, a Patriot event that happened nationally back in those days. And I interviewed him on that tour. He became a part of this film called Nullification, the Rightful Remedy. You can still get it on Amazon. It's the first film I produced. What's also interesting is that I then, um, a, a couple of years later, began to produce a second film, this one on the Oath Keepers. And I'm just going to play this in the background. I'm not going to play the audio with this, but I did want to bring up the the video. Um, I actually sat down. I spent a few days with Stuart and other Oath Keepers, um, and we had pitched a project called Against All Enemies, the Oath Keepers movie, which was about um, their organization. And, uh, you know, again, as a documentarian, I was... You know, (coughs) excuse me, as a documentarian, I was interested in covering this organization and, and, (coughs) um, I'd gotten to know Stuart. Um, and, and so I, I went and we did some initial shooting, but we never actually produced the film. So this trailer isn't even online anywhere. It's private. Um, (coughs) Excuse me, I need to get a drink of water. Paul, can you uh, pick up the conversation for a minute?
1: Yeah, sure. Why don't you get your drink of water? So uh um this is interesting. I know I know I know you've had this relationship with with Stuart, and I think uh, I'm I want you to retell the story of when you last saw him after the Darren BD article was out. I'm sure you plan on getting to that, which is uh which was a really interesting exchange because again we were in this world where we were we were reading, you know, reading these articles about him. All these other people within his organizations were already being picked up and and named and arrested. And yet, you got the guy who's the leader, who happens to be a personal acquaintance of yours over the years, making these films. He's yeah. uh, he's walking around and at sea packed if i if i remember yeah that's wild and maybe we get into it now because i brought it up because you yeah. have a fit but it's really yeah. interesting to me how these pieces all come together
0: well that's exactly where i was going so if you can see in this clip actually here on the left um holding a camera uh, that's me standing there filming Stuart. i see uh this is april of 2013 um and so you know i've i've known Stuart for a while um and uh what what was interesting was I actually was with Stewart just a couple of weeks before January six because he was in d c for the Jericho March, which was a uh, another event that Stop the Steel is a part of, and, and again, we were covering the Stop the Steel movement for our film The Steel at thesteel You can go check that out. Um, and so we were filming the Jericho March and all of the different individuals there. And so Stuart spoke at the Jericho March, and then that evening I ended up going out. what's that? Diary, it was a fiery speech.
1: speech, yeah,
0: yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I looked in this um filing, it's a court filing, and they don't reference anything he said in that speech there. But, um, I do recall some things that he said that seemed to me might give them a little bit of additional ammunition for their case, however. Um, what I, what I would say is that I ended up going to a pub that night. I think it was December 12th or something like that. Yeah, I was in a pub with Stuart Rhodes and a handful of the Oath Keepers, like having food and, and catching up with him. Cause I hadn't had a chance to, in, in in many years. And so, uh, what, what's, what's interesting about this. And the reason I give the context is because when Darren Beatty broke the story, then about six months later about Stuart. It gave me pause because I had not suspected that Stewart might be a Fed or a protected asset prior to that point. It wasn't until Darren Beatty broke the story that I, you know, acknowledged or recognized like, hey, there might be there might be something to this. And so I read Darren Beatty's case and I became you know, fairly convinced that it was a pretty solid case. Like I thought, yeah, this might be true. And so what was interesting was just a couple of weeks later, I don't even remember how long after it was, but I was at CPAC in Dallas again, just a couple of weeks after the story broke. And I remember I was sitting there talking to a friend and, and across the room, here comes, none other than Stuart Rhodes walking down the hall. And he walks right over to me and I'm like, Hey, Stuart, what's up? I'm like, man, you're all over the news right now. And he says to me, Oh, about me being an effing fed. And I'm like, yeah, definitely. And, and he looks me right in the eye. I mean, and he is no, he's a couple inches away from my face. He looks me right in the eye and he says, do you think I'm a fed? Now, Stuart Rhodes is not somebody that I would want to tangle with. Um, And so I, yeah, I wasn't quite sure exactly how to answer that at the moment. And I remember what I said. Well, I won't say what I said at that moment, but let me just say that what I did say to him was, um, you know, like I said something that gave him the impression that maybe I didn't think he was. Uh, because I didn't really want to get into a tangle with him at that point. So you know, not want to get beat up. The, yeah, that's the last time I saw Stewart was when he confronted me about that. And so as things have continued to break in the news about feds, and because this story about Stewart was really the first one, it was really the first one that I remember where Darren Beattie or anyone started talking about and and really laying out the case for who the feds might be shortly after the ray epps story started to break and so over the last few months the ray epps story has really been at the forefront the Stuart road star story has gone in the background and so yeah uh, and i just want to
1: add our, yeah. our friend peter duke who was a very great photographer who was there has a lot of high resolution photos i mean a very underreported story is he's got a lot of pictures of people that do not look like the regular protester type people Earpieces in, wirelessly communicating with people. um and so it's the public knows about those too, but there are a lot of other people that look like they were up to to some sort of you know it, it, involved in some sort of operation. Let's yeah. Just say that
0: yeah, agreed and and so, um, w- what I think is interesting about the timing of this and, and um, we'll go into a little bit of the online chatter and some other things um, to talk about here, but we just covered the timing of the Ray Epps story. Which the oh, since January sixth, there's been intense pressure, okay, to for this this thing about Feds to come to the surface. It's come at a few different directions. You know, Thomas Massey is one of the people who introduced the Ray Epps story, and then. Um, you know, we had um, the situation with Ted Cruz and then we had this situation with, um, you know, Tucker Carlson and like all of these different things. And then Ted Cruz going before the not the January 6th committee, but the Domestic Terrorism Committee. And he does his whole presentation of of Ray Epps just the other day on the 11th. And so then the Jan Six committee comes out and makes a statement about Ray Epps, says, hey, we interviewed Ray Epps and he told us he's never you know, been a part of the FBI or, you know, worked for the the FBI. And then Adam Kidzinger comes out and is like, yes, and we're, we're grateful. We thank. we want to thank Ray Epps for his participation and, you know, working with us and all of this, uh, you know, uh, talking to us and setting the record straight. It's just been a weird couple of days. And now we have this where Stuart Rhodes is, has been taken into custody. So, um, I think that's really interesting. I also want to point out something else really interesting, and then Paul, I'll kick it back to you if you have any th- thoughts to share. Saw this interesting, um, this interesting tweet here. This is from Stuart Rhodes, um, his uh, lawyer, and at 1 a.m. on January 12th, so you know, like 36 hours ago, he had posted that Stuart was ready to go on Tucker <laughs> and to call him, which, to my knowledge, didn't happen. And now here we are 36 hours later and Stewart is in custody. Um, So, you know, uh, I don't know. I just think that's, that's interesting. Um, Joseph McBride stated here that, you know, Stewart was just arrested in Texas by the FBI. His house is being raided at this moment. He was on the phone with his attorney, John Mosley when the fed showed up. So um, Joseph McBride likely has some, some sort of an inside info on, on what's happening there. But um yeah you have any any other thoughts you wanna you wanna share on this yeah i mean i I wanna talk about
1: the um the possible guilt of Stuart Rhodes. I think it's important to remind people that you know we were close to the January sixth event. we were close to the people that were organizing the rally. At the Ellipse, or played a hand in organizing a rally at the Ellipse. We were close to the people that had a separate planned pl- planned event at the Capitol uh, that you were at at some period of time on the sixth, with a stage, with the microphone, speakers, cameras that never got used because you know some some of the protesters there decided to enter the Capitol, and the whole narrative and the whole the whole day changed at that point. So. As you're reading these charging documents and you're hearing that Stuart Road has been arrested and he's getting raided, and you're going to see a lot of chatter now from people. See, he wasn't a Fed, Darren Beatty. They just were making the case, and you know, he's the kingpin. The oath keepers are all bad. They're all they've all committed sedition or you know criminal conspiracy, whatever. It's important that to understand there was not a planned insurrection on the day of the sixth you're allowed to say that that is my position had there been one um you know we probably would have seen it or heard about it we would
0: have been aware of it so you know let me, let me go ahead let me just clarify your statement there or make sure i'm understanding what you're saying from the standpoint that the the people who were genuinely involved in Stop the Steal or any of the grassroots organizations that came together in the planning of January 6th, the events on January 5th and 6th, nobody in those organizations were planning any kind of, of capital breach or riot or insurrection or anything like that. That that is what you're saying. Yes. However, it's possible. That if it, so to the degree that Stewart or the oath keepers were in any way, that would indicate that they that was potentially happening under the guidance of the federal government or federal agents or protected assets or something like that. Or it would have been a separate like thing that was completely siloed off into Stewart and the oath keepers and it didn't bleed over into any other, any other organization or group, or at least there's no evidence that it did because in the, in this document here, you know, they go through a lot of different texts and things like that, that they're using to present, Hey, this was a planned deal. And that that doesn't mean it was, I'm just, you know, they're going through and they're picking out the evidence to build their case. So I'm just getting, I'm just clarifying what you're saying is that, you know, Uh, On one side over here, we have the people, individuals, and groups that were planning the official, uh, uh, you know, permitted activities that were going on on January 5th and 6th. There was no capital breach, insurrection, riot that had been planned in any way by all those individuals. That would include the congressmen, senators, all of that who were in touch. Over here, we have people who are being charged with seditious conspiracy now for the first time. And that is its own sort of silo of, of evidence or or guilt.
1: Sure, but what I am I'm, I'm going further than that statement. It is uh, an acceptable it is an acceptable position, and I know a lot of people that hold this, where the position is nobody that went inside the Capitol January sixth should be charged with anything. There have been recent examples where the Capitol was entered. When people were not allowed to enter it, a lot of those people were on the left or the Democrat side and they were protesting something. They were interrupting Congress. So if you can point to text messages that say there was an organization around going into the Capitol on January 6th, right? Whether it's oathkeepers, keepers, different individuals. Sure. That's fine. That, okay. So maybe so. Maybe Stewart is going to, in his defense, say we were just on call. We were ready. We understand about the insurrection act. If, if Trump
0: ah! oh, sorry. called
1: up a militia, yeah. we were gonna be ready for that. I know he said that before. I know he said that. Okay. Um, so so I'm just saying I don't I don't think it's right. I hope it it, it the, the people. I hope it's not a pile on Stuart Rhodes because I think it's a perfectly acceptable position to say nobody that entered the Capitol on January 6th should be charged. There was no, uh, there were no deaths committed by anybody that entered the Capitol on January 6th. There were no, no guns. There was like, you know, we talked about this right after the 6th. If they wanted to overthrow the government and, and kill legislators, with a really quick strike operation. If there were people that wanted to do that, it it could have happened. Like there was no security. It was easy to get through. That's not what happened. A bunch of flag waving people and some wannabe militiamen, I'll I'll call them that, with camo backpacks and, and, and zip ties, whatever, they entered the Capitol and they were yelling and shouting. And some of those people were Oath Keepers and some of those people were not Oath Keepers. So I guess the point I'm, I'm making is you could read all these documents. Uh, we can say now that Stuart Rhodes is likely not a Fed. I don't know that we could say that definitively, but now, OK, he's not the, the, the suspicion that he was has died down now that he's charged. Right. Doesn't mean Darren Beatty was wrong. He was asking the right questions, I think.
0: Yeah, I I think that, and at the same time, I think being open to the possibility that like he's being burned right now, sure, (laughs) like as an asset, like it's like, oh yeah, you're going down, dude. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, and I'm not. uh, I I would say this is a development. I would I would concur with what you're saying. This is a development that makes me say, okay, hmm, interesting. Now, um, I want to share two things. Number one, what this video I was gonna pull up was. Um, you know, we, we, we got a hold of this video yesterday, um, that oh, yeah. we hadn't seen before. This is new. Yeah. And this is what I want to, I'm going to play this and there's a, some interesting individuals at the beginning of this doing some interesting things. And then at about 30 seconds in, there are police officers that remove barricades. I want to play this and so that we can go back into this conversation a little bit.
2: Hey! Get on the horse! Get over here! Get over here! No! Come on over! Woo! This way! Up coming that way. Get over here! Over here! Come on, come on, come on, America, what the fuck? Oh, Get over Get here! Over Get here. over Get here, done, you go fucking go. pussies! Let's go! What a fucking theater, Alicia! Let's go! Get over here! Let's-
0: All right. <laughs> you know, we've been working on this project for over a year. This is the first time we've seen this exact angle, this exact footage. Do not know where it came from. Um... But, you know, clearly we have some very serious questions. We had seen that there had been uh, officers that had removed barricades, you know, or, you know, things that it looked like that. This is the best footage we've got where uh, we're seeing, yes, barricades taken down by Capitol Police or D.C. Police, whoever those are, creating a way to get into this other area that was blocked off and individuals who are undisclosed trying to get people to go in a certain direction.
1: Can you hit play? Uh, like, from here, do they do they go that way? Do they keep going forward? Or do they, does it does it stop right there? Uh, I'll show you. Here,
2: you Let's go! You want to fucking beat militia? Let's go! Get over here! Let's go! Go look at me! Come on! Let's go. Let's, go. Let's, go. let's go come on you all these
1: flights let's go that's right there is that the back is that the cat is that part of the capital that wall in the back
0: yeah you know, yeah you know like so goes? over here this is i believe sitting at the base of that big uh scaffolding tower
1: yeah yeah that's that's really an interesting video i'm yeah. just curious because well and scroll to the very beginning yeah they're coming out of like a trailer right yep it looks like it maybe it's not a trailer does that look like a permanent structure or does that look like a like a temporary
0: trailer it looks like a sem- semi-permanent structure yeah. i have no idea like uh exactly and I, I think it would be nice we just got a hold of this video yesterday i think it'd be nice to possibly try to to determine where this actually happened
1: yeah because that's now that i'm looking at that it's ringing a bell from a video that i saw last week when i was scrolling through footage where there was a temporary looking structure on the capitol grounds but a little bit outside of the building where i did see a march of officers coming out or like i think they were already in riot gear it was like a staging area i guess for them and i'm just curious I'm going to try to go back and cross-reference the video. I, I'm just curious if that's the same building because it's a wide shot. And if it is the same building, same structure, it might give us a little bit more indication of what those barriers are doing. And maybe I could even see it on that angle. And I, it was just so small, I didn't notice. So I'm going to yeah. do a little more work on that. But it's, it's really interesting. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that video, just watching it now for the. Well, rush.
0: yeah, and, and I, I'm just I'm I'm really making the point one point with you and then i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot to another point that i think is important to tie in but the one point is it's like should anybody be charged because we have a lot of serious questions about who was involved in clearing the way for uh you know attendees of the january 6th events to get into the capitol through the various layers of things that kept them even in that video it's not like you see a mad rush of people like running through like all right now we finally got no it's like there's still people just sort of hanging out like not quite ready to go through there and you know that's we have other footage that we you know just looked at earlier this this week where it's like we have footage of like a a white van sitting in the middle of hundreds if not thousands gotcha. of people walking by can i share that with you i have that on my screen do we yeah, have you can share that um you see should, if i can do that let me you let should me be able, able to let me go for it let's, let's um let me stop down. let me stop my screen share your screen
1: uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hit yes i'm gonna choose the screen i want to share and then yep. i'm gonna share hey look at this okay oh I yeah, there it is I think I'm you gotta punch to it up screen.
0: all right so let me um, wow this is amazing what we can so do here, here. Yeah. So here it
1: is. Um, yeah. So this, you know, this is a three hour clip from C-SPAN from a camera that's across the street from the Capitol. And it, and in, there's an operator for that camera that zooms in sometimes and keeps it keeps it locked down. And so, you know, I was showing you this clip. Um, you see that surrounding streets and kind of what's happening. But you see this white van in the middle, Right. And it just occurred to me as I was scrubbing through a three hour clip and I was seeing just hundreds or thousands of people walk by, you know, we talk about this thing sometimes in in the media as an insurrection, this violent terrorist attack. And even if you want to tone down from there, a violent riot. Yet we spent the summer looking at Antifa BLM riots all over the country where. Burn, buildings were getting burned out. S- bombs are being thrown. You know, homemade bombs were being thrown at cars. Cars flipped over. I mean, and it occurs to me, I saw more carnage after the Los Angeles Lakers won the 2000 NBA championship <laughs> than what is happening here, where this white van. Let me go back to it. This white van is being. It goes back. Okay, it goes back for a longest sh- longer shot. Hold on. Where is this? Yeah, here it there is. You go. All right, so I'm scrubbing through back, backwards. I'm backing up in real speed. I'm going to hit an end point. Okay, so right now, all these people are walking past this van. It's a, clearly a government vehicle. Nobody touches it, smashes a window, knocks it over. They're just- they're Tags just it with
0: spray paint. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's sitting there. <laughs> it's, Dude, there's it's, a perfect opportunity there. to be like, Trump won, you know, <laughs> like on the side of that van. So,
1: So, okay, in and out point, that's 28 minutes, right? here. This is me scrolling 28 minutes and five seconds. Yes. That van never moves. It never tips. It never wobbles. The windows stay put. Every single car up there, a lot of these government cars, I have yet to see a single sign of damage. Yeah. Not even a broken taillight. And let me just say this. Uh, Ali Alexander has made the statement that he never... He's never seen vehicles like that parked up there on a day where the Capitol was not well defended. There's all these vehicles up there. If there was a burning car or somebody smashed out windows or tipped it over, it would have been photographed and you would have seen it. In fact, I'm so surprised that agitators on the other side that I know were there in some amount of numbers didn't do that for the optics. It's almost like, wow, we got lucky. Yeah. So tell me this is an insurrection and yet, not a single tail that was broken on Capitol grounds.
0: It's, yeah. it's hard to yeah. believe it, it's and It's very interesting. This whole, this whole thing is interesting from the standpoint of like, a, a lot of this is like circumstantial, but let's just bring it all together. And I'm going to th- th- then bring up something that Glenn Greenwald shared to just tie this together. So we've got this situation where there's been a conversation where there feds involved, you know, building, building, building. Who are they? Stuart Rhodes, Ray Epps. Who are these different people? Okay, great. Finally enough pressure where the government actually has had to say something. They had to finally come out and say, here's the deal, you know, like defending Ray Epps, clearing Ray Epps on Twitter. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now Stuart Rhodes is taken into custody. Seditious conspiracy. All right. This is a big charge. It's a big one for them to to charge with, and so Glenn Greenwald, Ford Fisher, who Ford has got a ton of great footage of this. He's on his on his Twitter feed right now. He's sharing clips that back up things that are in these charging documents, like of uh, the Oath Keepers who went in, all that, or you know, who were up at the Capitol, all this sort of thing. And Rhodes ha- did not set foot in the Capitol. Okay, that's not being. That's not being stated. And so what Glenn Greenwald says is, hey, it's interesting that the excuse for not charging Ray Epps was that he was merely on restricted ground, but never entered the Capitol. By all accounts, Rhodes also never entered the Capitol, and I believe that is true. So sedition will have to depend on his incitement planning. And Ford comes here and says, This is this point makes sense. Charging Rhodes with conspiracy, presumably based on incitement planning allegations opens the door for charge against others who egged on the crowd without going in. Ray Epps is clearly one individual who could or may be charged may or may not. And what I would add is that this can be used as a very broad net to cast over lots of different people that they want to, that they have certain communication in possession right now that they can put together charges and say, Oh, Hey, Seditious conspiracy. You didn't go in the Capitol. You didn't uh, do all these other things. But hey, you here's evidence we have that you were planning something that is a part of this conspiracy of people who are planning sedition. And this is where it's extremely important to remind
1: people. We've said it a lot of times. Uh, let's say it again. When you were on the around, you, when you were in Washington D.C. and you were around the Capitol on that day. You very likely had no cell phone service. If you were on the grounds, you didn't know you you didn't even know if people were inside. It was almost impossible to know how far into the building they got. If you were just part of that massive crowd outside, you didn't know people were inside, nor did you know whether or not people were allowed to be inside. Yeah. You didn't know if, you didn't, depending on where you were. Now, yep. if you were in the, at the time when smoke bombs were being thrown at you, you probably knew at that point from that angle, from that location, you shouldn't be inside. If you were on the other side, what we've referred to as the backside, where lot eight was, where the stage was, you probably weren't seeing smoke bombs. You weren't seeing uh, confrontation with police. You were seeing what I show you in this clip over here. If you If you want to go back to my screen, all you were seeing was people walking around not yeah. causing any problems, right? And the here the cops are just sort of staging, and, they're
0: walking around. So that so, angle, Paul, is the angle from where I was standing. By the way, I was God. over on that side of the Capitol. Yeah, well, let me go, the go to the side. wide
1: shot. Let me go to the wide shot. So you were basically let me let me go to the wide shot where yeah, you yeah, I could
0: have been shooting that angle, frankly, because I was I had a tripod set yeah. up, I was able to see these different sides. This is the side where you don't see a lot of footage of windows being broken in, you know, people charging into the Capitol. Yeah. This is, Let this- me just
1: play this down.
0: You can probably hear the audio.
1: You got somebody on the burl horn, four more years of Trump. Everybody yeah. else is taking photos and just standing around. Here's this angle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's you. That's the stage right there. That's lot eight. That's the yeah, lot eight right stage. there. Uh, right in the middle, right behind that tree, in the bottom fo- fourth of the of the image there, and that so that's your angle. Some people said that there was never a stage. Ali Alexander made it up. That's not true. You could see the stage right there. And I'm yep. just gonna play. This is the vibe. No, <laughs> this is the vibe you got. USA chants, whistling, hollering. You don't know that. In a year, people are going to char- be charged with sedition if you're if you're riding a exactly riding a bike with a GoPro on your helmet. Yeah, I don't think that's a cop. If you got an American flag, you're you're walking towards it. You're walking away from it. So, what? Why am I showing you this? What I'm trying to say is, even okay. Ray Epps said we're going to go. We're going to storm it. Like Ray Epps, his his statement sounds. Inciting, which is why he was yelled out as a Fed. He was kind of called a Fed, he was like Fed posting, right? Fed shouting. If any, you know, if you're out there and you're saying, yeah, let's go in, let's go in, there's no way that you think you're committing that crime. There's no intent to do it. You don't even know what going in means. You've seen on the news that there's been times where people go do sit ins at capitals. And then when you leave that night, you find out nobody died and that, you know, it was obviously not planned. People went in and they had their made their voices heard and they well, took, Ashley
0: Babbitt died. But well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but no cops, no capital yeah. police Yeah, like that all happened afterwards. Unrelated suicides, in my opinion, or natural causes is what the um, coroner said. Now, I want to share one last thing that just popped up on. Um, on Twitter, here. Yep. I don't know who this guy is who posted it, but Alan West, who was the chair of the Texas GOP at the time and is now GOP candidate for governor here in Texas, shared a stage in March with Stuart Rhodes, the Oath Keepers, who was charged with sedition today. Okay. So All this right. is the kind of thing you're going to see happening now, right? I because shared he, a stage
1: with Stuart Rhodes at
0: the Jericho March. I had a camera yeah. and I was on stage with him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and listen, who else did? Everybody yeah. else did. Listen, you go back to 2011, I, I spoke at events with Stuart Rhodes and did a documentary on him, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, but you're going to see. So I, I think one of the takeaways or the thing I'm paying attention to right now is to discern and Darren Beatty brought this up in a tweet as well. I wish I could pull it up. But Darren Beatty said yesterday when he saw the J6 committee come out and talk about Ray Epps, he said, listen. Now that this is getting critical, like now that they can't hide these stories, watch how the establishment media is going to cover it because they're going to set the narrative around all of this stuff. So even if at some point it comes out that there are feds involved, like let's be like and they admit it the way that they set the narrative and cover it and who they admit was a fed and who wasn't and all of this stuff all of that is going to feed into the existing narrative. Like, so it's a time to be really, really savvy and to be really, really discerning about what you see happening and reporting on the heels of this. So things like this of trying to attach Alan West and make him, you know, okay, got to get, he's he's out now because he shared a stage with Stuart Rhodes and all of this guilt by association, all of these ways that they're going to try to bring people in to this broader conspiracy or association with a seditionist or a sedition conspiracist or whatever you would say that's I think I think we're going to see some momentum around that and I think that's where other people can get really pulled into this sort of tornado of of charges
1: It's a great point. And I'm just actually, as you're talking, since I now have
0: the ability to screen share, I'm going back to that Jericho March just to see. Oh, right.
1: Just to see if I could find,
0: you know. Oh, if you can, it'd be really pretty incredible because I can tell you um, that when I was at the Jericho March that uh, Stuart Rhodes spoke at, I can say that I wasn't the only person. There was a handful of us who... Noted that he was the only person from the stage at that event to bring up the Insurrection Act.
1: Um, Absolutely, yeah, and he was he was very strong with his language about it.
0: Yeah, oh, and and, and, almost, and to, like if
1: if you were, uh, it almost was a little uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and and life. I would just want to clarify for the audience what I'm talking about is this was language used to talk about how. Those who are denying Donald Trump the victory and taking the presidency, that those people, okay, so this is this is confusing because ever since Jan six, the insurrectionists have been those who are the Trump supporters. That's the media narrative around it. But on the day of the Jericho March in December, there were individuals who were using language to say that that Donald Trump could actually use the insurrection act to take the presidency for a second term, because those who were stealing the election from him were the ones that were committing insurrection and that he could use potentially the force of the military. And, and again, this was the, 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 the flames of this was fanned by the media back then they were like, Donald Trump's going to use the military to stay president forever. And it was like that. And so this whole idea that he was going to carry out an insurrection to remain in power. And what Stuart Rhodes was saying was, no, Donald Trump can use the Insurrection Act to remain in power because those who denied him and stole the election from him are the ones guilty of insurrection. Does that make sense?
1: yeah it's a great clarification that's that's what uh that's what he was calling for if you could call it a call for yeah.
0: Him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, it yeah yeah to me way that's all twisted up though the way that's all twisted up is is can't, like that's why I said this is there's some language in that speech that could be a little bit troublesome for him, I think at this point, point. and hopefully we're not um. <laughs> i don't think
1: we're not a snitch here i mean this was public this was a big public event streamed by hundreds of thousands of people yes not like we
0: know we don't have this secret footage that nobody's seen yeah
1: Yeah. i mean i'm not even looking at our footage i'm pulling from the the broadcast but um
0: but you couldn't find that could you i think he only spoke for like three minutes man it was really short well
1: the the issue that i'm having with it is um this broadcaster was going um Bouncing back and forth between two events that were happening. Oh right, it's it's possible that um, while while I know we have the footage, um, yep, of at least part of it. It's it's possible this one source that I'm looking. Obviously, when you have all this 4K footage, it's hard to quickly go through. But I'm just looking at the what was broadcast just to see if I can find something. But we can always come back with it and (laughs) give more commentary. Yeah, we we can. Maybe that's a separate a separate piece uh, that we do.
0: Well, this is, this is, uh, this has been great. I know we're closing in on an hour again. um, And, you know, maybe that might be the, uh, the natural length of this show, but what I would hope those of you who are listening to this, that you would actually go check out the video. And, you know, we've got already two strikes on YouTube. Uh, I can't actually post anything. I've got a warning and a strike tried to appeal the, the strike. They came back saying that us playing and commenting on Jake's hearing was uh, inciting violence, even after appeal, by the way. I just got that response today. And so our videos, our new videos are not being posted on our YouTube channel. You've got to go to cancelproof.tv to see the latest episodes.
1: Well, let me just say, isn't it weird that talking about Jake, who the government never accused of committing violence, is
0: inciting violence? That's weird. Totally, totally bizarre. um, And so, yeah, it's like it's it doesn't make any sense. You know, I peeled it because it's like I can't put any new videos up right now. They're preventing me for 90 days, by the way. Normally on your first strike, it's after two weeks. Nope. I can't do it for 90 days. So you got to go find us on Rumble. You got to go to our website. You got to go to the Q sent me movie page on Facebook. We're posting some of this stuff as well, but check out the video because I think one of the things that we're going to bring to you, that's different than anybody else out there is for us to be bringing up these clips of our massive 40 terabytes of footage that we've got over the course of these events to add this context around everything that we're talking about. I don't know anybody else who's doing something like this. um, you know, that we're doing. And so, you know, that's, that's what I would say. Look at the video, check out the things that we've shared, shared around for us. We're really trying to get the word out. And, um, you know, we we want to really build this, this podcast and this video series into something that provides a lot of value and helps people really understand what's going on with Jan six and the events around the 2020 election.
1: Well said. Yeah. Help us out. We're going to keep bringing this to you and, uh, and, uh, you know, breaking news <laughs> daily. There's breaking news. And I, and I text you, Jason, Oh, we we know this guy and we should do an episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so- definitely. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know how frequently we're going to be doing this, but you know, uh, we've got our, our studio set up, man, you got your situation there. You can scroll on footage in real time. I can, I can sit here, quarterback hey, the show. Yeah,
1: it, um, I'm not going to play audio here, but uh, um, well, audio might come through. I, I do have a clip of Stuart from our camera. Let's, let's leave with the T's. Let's leave with the little T's here.
0: Oh, there he is.
1: So we're, we're out and out. So just, I'm going to play this. This is just a, a sample of what, what was going on that day.
2: At war with communist China and their proxies here inside the United States, the traitors like Joe Biden.
1: All right. There it is. Wow. A little tease. Wow. Hey, maybe they don't have this footage now that I, now that I couldn't watch
0: exactly Well, the subpoena is going to come anytime, phones. dude. There are it's a lot funny. of camera phones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got dead man switches in place. Uh, if we, dis- if we disappear, uh, you know, it'll be wicked leaked to the world. I don't know. But, like James uh,
1: O'Keefe said in his recent Instagram video, I'm sure it posted everywhere. I love my life. I am not suicidal.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. We need a sign-off.
1: That's our, our sign-off. Yes. <laughs> the Cancel proof Podcast, Paul and Jason. We love our life. We are not suicidal.
0: <laughs> and with that, we're signing off. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll bring uh, some uh, other breaking news to you probably later this week.